Shout out to Rap Radio. Shout out to Lambo the Virus. Now, the reason why I'm shouting out my main man, Bionic, from Rap Radio is because we were talking and he was like, yeah, I watch your lives, your Instagram lives, and the stories you have are crazy. You should write a book. Or why don't you just basically do a podcast? And he really pushed me to do it. So shout out Bionic, shout out to my man, my main man Ray. We're gonna do another version of this podcast where you can actually see us talking. And then um, shout out my man Lambo the Virus, the beat that uh, I'm using for the uh, podcast. Uh, the chords were played by Lambo the Virus. He, he played some chords, we were just talking on the phone and he was just playing some stuff and it was like, damn. And I was like, what? Send it to me. So he played the bass, he said, there's no bass on it. And then he played the bass and then chopped it up. I chopped it up on my machine, MK3, added the drums, played it like a chop sample, Pete Rocket, Ninth Wonder, and then boom, we had the beat. Then I had Lindsay, Linzer, do the, you're welcome to Mona, life of Mona. And then boom, that's how that came together. Like, let me not disturb you, disturb you with this little trivial, but podcast. The life of mode nine popcorn popcorn about to pop off all right um i talked about you know six foot plus's album coming out and um ld recording an album and uh it was my turn then all of a sudden there was this guy that came from i think kaduna just kaduna i think it was, he was living in kaduna i think but he started his career in kaduna his name at that time was Terry the Rap Man. I remember the first time I met him, I was like, man, what type of a name is Terry the Rap Man? Like, I was about to just start clowning him immediately. And he was like, man, chill, yo, man, chill. He was this happy-go-lucky guy. Then he played his music for us. We're like, hi, I am a, hi. And I was like, what? Nigerian. I was like, Nigerian Eminem. That's what they used to call him back then. Even though I didn't think he sounded like Eminem. But he just um, was just a quirky, funny guy like Eminem. So he played me some of his other stuff that he did in KD. He had the late Matt Dadzi, the late great Matt Dadzi on I Am, the original version of I Am a Nigerian. So um, back then I was like, uh, this is this is good, this is good. So Ludi listened to it. He was blown away and then he just called me up. He called me up. He was like, yo, Mo. Is it possible for you to just, you know, you, you're our guy now. You're my man. You're my man. Is it possible for you to just chill a bit? Let him record his album? I was like, man, no sweat. Back then, like, it, I was just happy to be involved, you know. It was like a dream come true. Everything that was happening was like, I didn't for once think like, oh, this, oh, that. I just wanted to be part of the whole thing. So I went to every single Terry the Rap Man studio session. I took him to Silvio Project to record. And we had the capo produce. So we reproduced uh, I Am A Nigerian and most of the other songs that he had. He had produced them with KD. It wasn't, it wasn't bad, but I think we did a better job with the reproduction. Apart from the, uh, there's one song called, uh, when I say Terry, you say the rap man, Terry, the rap man, Terry, the rap man. <laughs> I remember when we were shooting the video, man. I remember clearly Rooklyn didn't want to be in that video. Like, he was forced that Rooklyn, you have to be in the video shoot. <laughs> and yeah, I was like, man, whatever, man. Just there supporting Terry. So Terry finished his album. I was the project coordinator. Then I started recording my album. Now I was recording with Capo. Now me and Capo, we were bump heads 
in the studio a little bit because Capo was basically, a, you know, he was this melody kind of guy, played church music a lot. You know, he was a, a gospel artist and a dope producer. He was dope. But certain things I wanted him to do, I will just tell him, can you do this good? He'd be like, just look at me, look at me. We were using Cubase then. You're like, I can't do it. And then you're not telling me, Modan, stop cursing because I used to curse in my rhymes then. I used to curse. He was like, ah, oh, stop cursing, stop cursing, da da da. I'm like, dude, man, is there a way that you could just reverse the curse words? He said, no, 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 I can't do it. I was like, man, whatever, man. So what happened was that we took a long break from Silvio Project. That's the studio we're using, owned by an Italian guy in Asoko Road. We took a long break from that studio. And uh, when we came back, there was this guy that came from South Africa. Uh, he was a, an Akwaibom guy. Yes. His name was Godwin Umoren. But most people know him as G-Links. So I sat down with him and we were just talking, basically. And uh, he played me some of his stuff. His music left me dizzy because I was like, nah, you didn't make these beats, man. I, 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 nah, 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 nah. Where did you steal these beats from? And I was like, nah, nah, nah. I made these beats. And he was playing me stuff and it was like right down my alley. Then he was like, I have a studio set up at home in Cairo. Why don't you just come check me out one of these days? I was like, okay. So I kind of told Solo D, hey, Solo, man, there's this guy that I met, man. He's bad. I said, um, you know what? Let's continue with your album, Capo. Well, I didn't say anything, but Capo was a busy guy, so he was bouncing here and there. And then I think we had a problem with the dongle for the Cubase, uh, the Cubase uh, digital audio workstation. I think lightning struck the dongle, and something happened though. So we had another long break. So I went to um, G-Link Studio in uh, Cairo. We were just sitting down, talking, playing hip-hop. I had these, my Big Boss Jigaman CDs. And we were just sitting down, playing hip-hop. He told me about his life, that his father used to work for... His father was late. His father used to work for foreign affairs. The house is... Uh, yeah, the house they were living in was kind of like a staff court, like what foreign affairs gave them. And uh, he, his mom wasn't wasn't in that house so he was basically the man of the house he had a job he was he was now working there and also doing production and uh, he just came back from South Africa he had kind of like an American accent a bit so did some of his siblings you know but then I really really got into his music because he played me a lot of stuff and it was super dope so we sat down we were just chilling some of his boys were around and all of a sudden he just said hey Mo let's make a beat so he just opened, uh, it wasn't Cubase, it was a sonar. And he just like put in the drums, put in the drums, and he had this cheap keyboard. You know, he used the keyboard as a MIDI controller. I'd, like, listen, I didn't know nothing about production, nothing. All I knew was here and there, there was one uh, app we used to use, Modplug, it was the worst. So he started producing, take the beat, then he now played. Wah, 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 wah. I was like, yo! And when he started adding the remaining thing, then the, the, for the chorus, we had to sample. We sampled Prodigy, Feel the Bomb Blast. Then uh, Dirtsman from Jamaica, Lyrically Ill, Like This, I Am Programmed to Kill. We sampled that, and then boom, everything came together. And I told G Links, I was like, listen, 
I have to voice this, man. I got some bars. I had three verses with me in a part. It, it was just, I think it was just in a scrapbook. Three verses were in a scrapbook. And they weren't verses that I wrote together. There was like one verse in page one, one verse in page 14, one verse on page 18 or something like that. So I just put them together, wrapped, and put them on a cassette, recorded it on a cassette. And I played it for Solo D. When Solo D heard it, it was like, damn. So I think the next week, we went uh, back with Jida. I took Jida Ado Ibrahim. And she did a song with me called Issues. Then after that, Real Clean came. And we did a song called Schooling. Who are they fooling? All three songs were mad. So when Solo D had all three songs on a CD, he was just listening he was like hmm this is like that was what actually molded my album like that's what made people go crazy that is about to get ugly song was the song that made people like okay even though i had a song that uh um capo produced called um adonde you better run actor no they ever die but it was kind of playful, you know, it was a playful and the beat was kind of like just a bit flat but playful, but it was okay, it was okay. Then there was another song called, um, my first Pigeon English song, actually that was what even made me start recording in, in Abuja, because when I met Solo in Lagos, Solo said, hey, I bet you, you can't rap in Pigeon English, and that's when I wrote your crew step to my crew, Una Gubao. Catch you in the corner, slap you, make you holla. Ow! Una go bow. Yeah, una go bow. Catch you in the corner, slap you, make you holla. Ow! So yeah, I recorded that. And it sounded quite good. And, you know, we rocked on with it. You know, you got some radio play. People loved it. You know, apart from the uh, songs that we did as what route, I was still trying to catch up those years, the 90s, the late 90s. I was still... I was still trying to catch up because the other guys were like, the other guys sounded like finished. They sounded like finished goods. I was just sounding so raw, so unfiltered, so yeah. I know when, when I hear something that's not really fantastic, I know, I know. And I knew that uh, these guys were ahead of me. So I had a lot of catching up to do. That's why I had to put in extra work, sleepless nights. I remember when my mom, threw away all the rhymes. I used to write rhymes and drop them in a bag, just paper on paper. I would just put them in a bag, write rhymes, put them in a bag, put them in a bag. And that bag was full of paper. It was, a, it was a bag in my room. So I went to school. I went to school and when I came back, I was looking for the bag. And then my kid sister just told me that my mom threw the paper. She said, ah, oh, this is rubbish. And she just burnt the paper. I almost went crazy. I went ape crazy. But you know what? It's not the end of the world. I started writing again. So I was just writing and writing and writing. Then I just realized that, hey, you have to be clear. You don't just write and rhyme words. You have to say clever things because I learned that from when I'm sitting down with my SWAT root brothers and we're listening to hip hop. Anytime somebody drops a clever punchline, all the guys go like, whoa. Even when we're listening to our own SWAT root recording, when Baron would say some crazy bars, 
people like, damn, did you see what Baron did? He did this, he did that. You know? When LD would say some crazy stuff, you know, like, that's more illegal than Canon with a bad heart. I was like, wow, illegal. That's more illegal than Canon with a bad heart. That time, Canon Wanko had a bad heart. Uh, he had this surgery. So the L dropped a bar, like, more illegal. Illegal. I was like, and you know, Kano was a super eagle. So like, damn, that's more ill eagle than Kano. I was like, man, these guys are way better. So I just had to put in work, start reading, start learning, teaching myself how to drop some sick bars. Yeah, I did really drop some bars that were like funny, <laughs> that were not cool. One of my unquotables, that's what we call them. One of my unquotable bars is that, so I said something like this on the track. Thank God it didn't come out. Something like, uh, Thinking Budweiser now, wiser. <laughs> I could just hear the guys laughing in the studio. I had to go back and change that line, and you know, that line was not, it wasn't working. It sounded nice, you know, in a rhyme. Da 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 drinking Budweiser and wiser. But nah, it's all about the bars. You know, when we were hanging with Swap Root, it was all about the bars. It was. And this was basically at around the time. This was basically at around the time that uh, I was finishing from Bida, Bida Poli. I was finishing my HND and uh, I didn't know whether I was going to get a job straight up because Solo D was also in the construction industry. So I was actually thinking, uh, am I going to get a job or am I going to just, you know, Solo D gave me, he, Solo D gave me that choice. He said, he said to me, it was like mode nine, what do you want to do? I got these connections. For the construction you know job if you want a construction job but if you want to rhyme let me know <laughs> hey you bet you know what i chose man you know what i chose i was like i didn't even think twice he, he said you know just think about it i'm like no nah, i want to rhyme and uh, that's why i'm here today so uh, next thursday i got more stories for you the life of mode nine man i'll see you next thursday peace out